You create your life with the stories you tell yourself. Want more fun, love, and money? Then write your new story and live into it. Louis DiBianco's podcast, Change Your Story, Change Your Life, shows you how to discover your empowering story. You'll meet many successful people who have created magnificent lives, even when the odds were stacked against them. Plus, you'll learn the secrets of great storytelling that can explode your business. And now, here is your host, Louis DiBianco. Is every day of your life filled with fun and joy? Do you do the things you do every day by choice? Or do you think that these questions are not relevant once you become an adult? Maybe you think being an adult means that you do the things you're supposed to do. Hey, hello, and welcome once again, storytellers, to another episode of Change Your Story, Change Your Life. I'm your host, Louis DiBianco, and yes, I have called you storytellers for the first time on my show. I thought about it, and it's only right. You come here because you value the power of story in your lives the power of stories in your business, and you recognize that the reality that you create is just a story. Do you like being called storytellers? Let me know. Send your comments to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. I will read all of them, and I will choose some to share with the world on this show. You can listen to Change Your Story, Change Your Life uh, at a lot of different places. iTunes, of course, Stitcher, Google Play, and most recently, TuneIn Radio. Of course, there's the website, changeyourstorypodcast.com, where you can not only listen, but you can see photos of our guests so that you will know exactly who you're listening to, who is inspiring you. Also on the website, you can download your free gift from me, the ebook Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. This is a powerful book. I've been a professional storyteller for most of my adult life, and what I've given you are the seven plus one secrets of powerful storytelling that will make you a stronger, more engaging communicator in your life and a person who can communicate your business message with impact so that people are willing to pay you what you deserve for your products and services. Talking about free gifts, here's something really wonderful for people who love to listen to podcasts. Our sponsor, Audible, is offering you, as a listener to this show, a downloadable audiobook of your choice, absolutely free, and you get to choose from 180,000 titles. Many of those books cost $25 and up. For you, it's absolutely free, and as well, you get to try the Audible service absolutely free for one month with no obligation. To get your free audiobook, simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. 
That's www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Today's guest is a woman who used to do a lot of things because she felt she had to. She had to survive. She had to make a living. Today, she spends her time designing her life by choice. Her days are full of fun, excitement, high energy, and contribution. Her story about going from a life of I must to a life of I choose will inspire you. When she was working to survive, she had many bartending jobs. She also used to teach more than 20 fitness classes per week. She loves fitness, but that workload is exhausting. She connected her dreams to the profession of network marketing. She became a seven-figure earner and won the freedom and time to teach fitness on her own terms and her own schedule. Her name is Tara Romano. I am excited and honored to welcome her today to the show. Tara, thank you so much for being our guest today on Change Your Story, Change Your Life. And thank you for having me. I'm really excited to chat with you today. And I know we're going to have some fun. I watched a little bit of one of your YouTube videos today, and I just wanted to get up and dance. <laughs> you should have. <laughs> Actually, I did my dancing earlier this morning, listening to uh, James Brown and um, a few other high-energy guys while I was working out. Let me ask you. I love asking this question of everyone who's gone through a journey from one way of life to another. When you were a, a kid, did you have a childhood dream of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Yeah, I actually, my dream was to be a dancer, believe it or not. Um, it's funny because when my, my mom said when she put me in dancing school, I would always go and I would cry. So she took me out. And then as I got older... I just loved dancing, but I never, I never really went to school for it. My sister was actually the dancer, and now that we've grown, she doesn't dance anymore, and I'm still dancing every day. <laughs> well, you know what's interesting about this? As you know, I interviewed your sister last week, and when I asked her what her child, her dream was, she said, "Well, Lewis, I wanted to be a rockette. I wanted to be a dancer." <laughs> really funny. So now you wanted to be what kind of dancer? I mean, I don't, I don't know specifically. I just remember loving to dance, and I, um, I remember even seeing it in my, uh, my sixth grade yearbook. My dream was to be a dancer. So, I mean, I didn't have the dream of being a rock hat, but like, yeah. Fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm, it's really wonderful that today you get to incorporate that into your life, to bring joy to you and to other people. Now. What kinds of jobs have you had? I know we t I talked a little bit about the bartending. If you could elaborate on that a bit. Oh, yeah. So I started working when I was real young. I mean, um, I was 11 when I was washing dishes in my sister's boyfriend's family's restaurant. I vividly remember it, and I hated it. <laughs> I didn't like any second of it, but we had to work. And um, I've been in the restaurant business my entire life, um, from hostessing to waitressing to bartending. It was just a way for me to make uh, money quickly and still be able to do other things. You know, bartending is an interesting job because you get to develop your people skills if you get good at it. In fact, if you don't have people skills, you can't do it. 
but it's not an easy job. Can you talk a bit about the um, the things you liked about bartending and the things you hated about it? Yeah. So, I mean, the restaurant business in general is such a great industry for people to work in. I actually have said, I think everyone should work in the restaurant industry for a week, at least once in their life, because you learn so much. You learn how to multitask. You learn how to uh, just connect with people. You learn how to deal with people. And this is people you work with, customers, bosses. I mean, you name it because you're getting it from all ends. You have a back of the house, a front of the house, and then the people that you serve. So it's a lot of working with so many different personality types. So one thing I did not like about it was I was a hard worker and not everybody that I worked with was, and I still had to share my money with them. But um, one thing that I loved about it was it really did develop me and how to, you know, work with a lot of different personality types. And I became such a multitasker. I mean, I worked in the industry for a really long time. I was quick. I was good. So, yeah, it developed those skills. I didn't know it at the time. Um, And I actually did have fun. I mean, we had a good time. But it got to a certain point where, you know, I was started was into my 30s and I was like, this is just not what I should be doing anymore. I, I love the things you shared. You know, I worked in restaurants, too, when I was uh, a struggling actor in New York City. I worked in different restaurants. And uh, you're right. I mean, the different personalities you have to deal with uh, are fascinating. But it is a it is a a line of work that will wear you out eventually. Um, you know, I just, just thought of this. What was the drink that you were, <laughs> do you have a specialty drink that you'd mix very well, a cocktail? Well, I, I actually, I became so fast. And one of the restaurants I worked at, we had to uh, like flip the bottles. We actually had a competition once a year. So anything, like I remember making a Long Island iced tea and it was like five bottles. I could uh, grab three in one hand and two in the other and make it like all at once. And I was really good at martinis. It was just because it was a craft. And I I have such respect for people in the industry, but a great bartender, man, it's just really a craft. It's an art for some people. So it was fun. But like I said, you know, on year 10 and 11, I think it became less fun than when I was in my 20s. Not only that, uh, the hours are very long. Oh, yeah, definitely. I remember um, leaving work around 3, anywhere between 3 and 5 a.m., depending on where I worked, getting up with three hours of sleep and teaching fitness classes and then, you know, doing whatever during the day and going back and doing it again. I mean, oh, my gosh, my schedule was crazy, but I think because I didn't even have time to think, you just get it done. (laughs) Wow. What is a Long Island iced tea? What's in it? It is uh, vodka, gin, triple sec, rum, tequila, sour mix, and Coke. <laughs> oh my God! Yep. I don't think you drink too. <laughs> I don't think you drink too many of those today. Oh my gosh! When I was twenty-one, that used to be our drink. But like, I mean, if you gave that to me now, I'd probably have two sips and be on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Now, have you always been passionate about fitness? It seems like you have. Yeah, I just, I remember, well, first I remember being young and just watching my sister dance. And I was just like so in love with watching her. And um, then it was the, like, um, Denise Austin, like Galad. I would watch uh, Jane Fonda. Like my mom would do these videos on TV and I just became fascinated with it. 
And I would just study it. I would watch them and I would play along with them. And even when I got into fitness, um, it was just fun creating. It just became such a fun thing for me. I was, I came from being a cheerleader and like creating routines. So I feel like fitness kind of just extended that because I mean, I couldn't be a 27 year old cheerleader anymore. So, um, when it, when fitness came into play and teaching group exercise, it was just something that was just so fun and it came really naturally for me. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later on in the interview. Now, today, you're a successful member of your sister, Alexis' network marketing team. Now, have you always had a good relationship with her? Was there ever any sibling rivalry? Never any sibling rivalry. I My sister has been just the most amazing person in my life since I was young. She's ten and a half years older than me, so she's always been you know, kind of like that mother figure. And I have an amazing mother as well, but she was always somebody I looked up to. I, I know that I was probably the annoying little sister at times, but we, uh, we just created this amazing bond. I mean, I talked to her almost every day and she's changed my life in so many ways. Even before network marketing, she's just been such a important part of my life. And I literally thank her every day because of what she's done for me. Uh, that's wonderful. I could hear the love in your voice. It's oh, my gosh, wonderful. yeah. It's just wonderful. Now, why did you initially resist network marketing? Because I know you did. Yeah, it's funny because I someone had tried to get me into network marketing years before my sister had introduced me to the company I'm in now. And I just remember I thought it was hoity-toity and just weird. But it was because I wasn't knowledgeable about it. Um, my outlook on network marketing was super salesy, just like people like didn't want to talk to you or something like that. So I just initially thought it was, you know, something that just wasn't for me. And it was honestly because I was so not educated on exactly what it was. I love what you just said, because I think that most people who put up a resistance immediately when they hear the words network marketing are really resisting something that only exists in their mind. They're not, they don't know what the real thing is. Mm-hmm. That if they took the time to find out, not everyone, but a lot of them would say, oh, wow, yeah, let me, uh, I want some of this. So what changed your mind? <laughs> it was, what changed my mind, honestly, at, at first was I didn't have a choice anymore of what I was doing. So I had gone back to college at a later age. I, so I, had, I went when I was younger I went for three years and I stopped. Um, I stopped and then I went into real estate, which was, I didn't even do it. I just went to school. I was just looking for something else to do. So I wound up going back for health and phys ed and I loved it. I loved, um, you know, I loved teaching. I, um, I, I just loved, it was almost like fitness for, for students. But when I finished college at, uh, how old was I? Maybe 30, 31. I could not find a teaching job to save my life. And I was more than qualified to be a health and phys ed teacher. I had um, an electronic portfolio. I created a Zumba program in the schools. I subbed. I really did everything. And I was still bartending. And I have, so I was, I just turned 33. And I remember this Saturday night, um, I was working at the bar. And I just wasn't happy where I was. And the ma- the owner, the manager, they were just always really hard on us. I worked with people that didn't work hard. And I just had one of those breakdown nights and I was under, it was under the stairs of where we were working. And I called my sister and I was upset and she was just pretty much like, I can't listen to you cry anymore. She's like, try this business or I just, you're going to have to call someone else and, and cry. 
So it, I remember that night so vividly, and um, I made a commitment that night to finally give it a try, and that's what I did. I committed, and I committed to learning about what the business was about. I, went, I started going to events. I got on calls, and it literally changed my life. Wow. I love that. You know, I didn't know that. Uh, certainly didn't hear that from Alexis, but what I love about it, two things. I love that she was strong enough, even though she loved you, to give you tough love and say, look, stop crying. I'm not going to listen anymore. I've offered you something. If you don't want to look at it, then I'm not going to listen to you cry. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and it's also wonderful that you had the strength and the intelligence to say, okay, I'm making a decision. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> now... Well, I'm sure this next question, we could be here for another three hours, but let's <laughs> let's do the Reader's Digest version. What did you learn from your sister about creating success in network marketing? Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, like I said, I've learned so much from her uh, aside from network marketing. But I learned to, number one, is that a lot of this business, it's not just about us. Um, it's about other people and what we can do for other people. I also learned time management and working when even like being consistent in your actions, even when it's not convenient. I think that's probably the biggest thing. And so much in life, people are not consistent. They don't show up every day. And the thing is, is that life happens. It's always going to happen. And you just have to keep showing up. Uh, So that was probably the Reader's Digest version, a big thing from what I got from her, because I've seen her go through things and just work so hard. When she started this business, she was working two full-time jobs, a part-time job. I mean, she was in real estate. She just did so much and you wouldn't, she never missed a beat. I love that because what you just offered to people goes way beyond network marketing. It goes to the root of what makes anyone successful in any endeavor that they choose. So thank you. Thank you so much for that one. Now, oh, of course. what are the biggest differences in your life now that you don't have to work for a living, that you can choose to do what you do? What are the biggest differences? So it's so funny. I, um, I mean, well, number one, I mean, I'm, I'm my own boss, which is it's something I still have to get used to at times. But um, I still work very hard. So um, I don't feel like I'm not working. However, it doesn't it's completely different than like having to go somewhere like I really wake up and go to bed inspired. Um, I really think about whose life I can touch. I'm excited about the people's lives who have already changed. Um, it's more of inspiration. And I I loved group I love group fitness. So like that was never like work for me. So I almost feel like now that bartending's out of the picture, like I get to do that group fitness type work all day long. And you know, if you start to feel tired you don't feel compelled, oh, my God, I've got to do another class because, like you said, you're working for yourself. So it's a much healthier way to be in the world. Now, I, I like something that you said. You said you love it, that you're your own boss, but it's still something you have to get used to. And I'd love for you to address that because I think that's a stumbling block for many people who want to be entrepreneurs. Yeah, so I've seen, Lewis, people become entrepreneurs or even get um, get success rather quickly in network marketing, and then it can fall apart because people don't have a routine, they don't have a schedule, they don't have habits because 
when you work your whole life and having someone telling you what to do, it's, it's I'm not saying it's easy, but you know, you have, you have to get it done and then you get your paycheck. Well, when it comes to being your own boss or an entrepreneur, you're the one creating this. So if you don't show up every day, then your income won't show up and you're going to, it's going to affect your team, um, yourself. So that's huge in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And I agree that that one is a challenge because we haven't been brought up. Most of us haven't been brought up to be that way. We've been conditioned to take orders. And yes. as much as we don't like it, we find out when we don't have somebody telling us what to do, hey, this is a new responsibility. It's not as easy as I thought. That's that's wonderful. That is really good. Now, what are some things that you can do today that you couldn't do before? Specific mm. things that you're able to do in your life that you weren't able to do? Well, number one was the biggest thing, and I'm sure my sister spoke about it, but we got to retire our parents. And um, that's huge because, you know, my father he had some health issues start a couple of years ago. And if it wasn't for us being able to retire him, I don't really know like where he would be right now. I get to travel wherever I want, whenever I want. Um, I teach because I want to, um, not because I have to, uh, for, for the income. Uh, I just, I, I don't, this, it's, it's such a great feeling just being able to just create whatever I want. I was able to create um, a new fitness, um, my own fitness brand, which I wouldn't have been able to before for so many reasons. So now I, I travel doing dance and my passion and I get to certify other instructors to teach my program that I created. You know, uh, being an entrepreneur and coming into network marketing, I learned so many things like you can be, do, or have anything that you want. It changed my mindset. I'm a completely different person now than I was five years ago. Like, I didn't know so many of the things that I know now. So being able to incorporate that into my everyday life and help teach others has been really amazing. That is wonderful. I can just feel the authenticity of it in your voice. You know, this is not a script. This is no. powerful. You know, um Tara, that's why I wanted you on the show, because my show is about changing your story and changing your life, and you have changed your story. By the way, you know, I left out a few important details before when I was introducing you that I will definitely mention today, that not only do you teach dance classes, but you teach them worldwide, and that you have a YouTube channel with more than 28,000 followers and 5 million views, and that... In the past five years, you've helped to transform thousands of lives, physically, emotionally, financially, and spiritually. And that is really, really awesome. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. What are your greatest strengths and weaknesses as a network marketer? So, well, my, my greatest strength is I show up, I'm consistent, and I take action. Even when I don't want to, even when it's not convenient, even when I don't know what I'm doing, even when I'm bad. So I'm just consistent and all the time. And it's so funny. If you look back at my uh, social media posts from like four or five years ago, they were really bad. <laughs> like just my, my wording, my verbiage. And now I've just grown so much. But, you know, back then when I didn't really know what I was doing, I mean, at least I was consistent and showed up. Um, 
I don't really like to say I have any weaknesses because I feel like it's always a growing. Um, I work really hard. I might not be the best at everything, but I just think um, like really just looking at at everything I do as a work in progress. That's fabulous. And of course, I love when you shared about, you know, looking at your Facebook posts and the fact that you weren't using the right language for building relationships and connecting. Of course, you and I both know the wonderful leader in our team, David T.S. Wood. I love his expression. Every master was once a disaster. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And I still have a lot to, I definitely have a lot to learn, but I don't, the journey of learning and growing is really never over. So, um, I embrace that so much more now. Do you like Bob Dylan? Yes, I do. I mean, not, I don't really listen to him as much, but. Do you remember this line? He not busy being born is busy dying. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Isn't that great? Beautiful. Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what you're talking about. If you're not learning, you are. You're just kind of, well, it's like you're withering and that is dying. Now, who else has been impacted by your, your success? We, you mentioned your parents, of course, but anybody else and how? Yeah. So my, my clients, I, um, when I when I opened up my own um, and I started renting out space for my own fitness classes after teaching at a gym for quite some time, um, I started growing a following, and um, you know I grew a following on YouTube as well. And once I started sharing what I was learning, um, people kind of wanted to know what I was doing. And I remember at first being just so so nervous of, of sharing the products and sharing what I was doing. But once I made it not about me. Um, and started sharing with people, my clients really, like, not just physically changed from using products, but, like, emotionally, uh, spiritually, what they were doing every day. I mean, people uh, being able to retire from their careers and create new opportunities for themselves and their family. So, and then my friends, too. A lot of my friends came on board with me, and um, I think when you watch somebody close to you change, I am no different than anybody. And I always say with this business, if I could do this business and create the life I've created, literally anybody can, because I'm just like the person next door. Like people don't, like there's nothing different or special about me other than I was consistent and took action. So I would say my close friends and my clients um, definitely have been impacted. That's wonderful. And probably one of the reasons that they began to transform emotionally as well as physically is because they were feeling the energy that came from you that you cared about them and when you care about people it's like watering a plant it begins to blossom oh my gosh that is such the truth and um i don't know if you read much of john gordon's books but he is all about like loving serving and caring and i just and very authentic and this business and what I do just comes so naturally. So, and I think that you can't fake that people feel it from you. Who was the author? John Gordon. He has so many great books, the carpenter, um, the, the something bus. I'll think of it towards the, Oh, the energy bus. Wow. Now are they, are they fiction books? Um, or, or are they fiction books with lessons to them, or yes. are they? Yeah, they are. Yes, 
there's John, so many great lessons. And John Gordon, J-O-N-G-O-R-D-O-N. And it's funny because I always say I wish they had these books in school because they're such easy reads, but they're for so many different ages. Like if you're an entrepreneur um, of any kind, even if you own a boss of a business or anything, like you can learn so much from his books. And again, they're just such easy reads. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, and I'm sure that the listeners are too, because as a reminder, uh, as a listener to this show, our sponsor, Audible, makes available to you a download of any free audiobook, choosing from 180,000 titles. So if you're interested in checking out John Gordon's books, go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. You'll get any one of those books for free, plus you'll get a one-month free trial of the Audible amazing service for you. Thanks a lot for that, Tara. That's wonderful. Of course, yeah. Now, what's similar and what's different about the way you and Alexis approach network marketing? Maybe there aren't any differences. I don't know. But. So the similarities, I would say, are how hard we work. We're both just hard workers, a consistent action, you know, everything that I said. The difference is, is I'm more, I'm definitely more animated. I'm more video. I'm video across the board, YouTube, Instagram, um, like Facebook Lives, Snapchat. My sister, you'll never see her on a video. <laughs> no, really? She, yeah, yeah, she's more like the quiet, peaceful power, and I'm more like just out there, fun, like dancing. So, um, but we definitely have the same worth ethic, and we have the same heart. I love that quiet, peaceful power. Oh my gosh, yeah, she's amazing! <laughs> like she's one of those people who can just walk in a room, and you don't know her, but you just know that there's something really special about her. No, I know. I mean, I I love being around her, and, and it was yeah. a real joy to, to talk to her last week. Now, do, do you invest in personal development courses and training? Big, big yes on that one. I actually, my first coach I hired, um, I had to borrow the money, and then the second time around, I borrowed half the money, and then I was able to afford them on my own, but um, you know, I, I believed in, in therapy when I was younger, but coaching and personal development is so different. So again, like I said, I didn't know that you could be, do, or have anything that you wanted. Like, I, I just didn't know that. Like I didn't know about Les Brown or Tony Robbins or Robin Sharma, like all these people. My first, um, uh, event for network marketing, I saw Les Brown and I must've just fell on the floor. I was like, what? Like I was just so moved. I was so motivated. And then, um, after I've had coaching for the past five years, um, I go to personal development seminars, whether it's network marketing or women's events. I mean, there's just always something that I'm looking for. But one of the things that I say about personal development is like we can, you know, saturate ourselves with all of this motivation and inspiration. But it's honestly taking what we've learned and putting into action, because I think a lot of people just go to these events and they come home, they soak it in, and then they, they don't do anything different. So for me, it's really just taking action on all that I've learned. Fantastic. Uh, Les Brown, I agree with you. That's, um, I love his statement, you got to be hungry. <laughs> oh my God, <gosh>, so <laughs> uh, And uh, who of all of the people you've studied with would you say you would, would stands out for you for some reason? Robin Sharma. 
and John Maxwell. I just love Robin Sharma so much. He is um, just amazing. I, whatever it is about his teachings, I relate to him so, so much. Um, and then John Maxwell, also so amazing. Okay, can, can you talk a little bit about what each of those two people do or say that you resonate so strongly yeah. with? So Robin Sharma is so much about service. He reminds me a lot of John Gordon and, and his teaching. He's so much about service, about habits, about, um, you know, just doing more each day. And his energy in his teachings, you can just tell he is so much for um, about service. And that's a part of why he's so successful. Now, John Maxwell, um, oh, my gosh, he's just so... He's so seasoned. He's been through so much, and his teachings, you can just, they're so relatable. And I, he, like, he, John Maxwell has all of these um, small books. You can find him in all, like, airports everywhere. Um, and I just, just love his energy and his teachings. And he's really, really funny. You know, I find that a lot of the great teachers have a tremendous sense of humor, certainly like Les Brown. I mean, Les oh Brown, he's like a stand-up comic sometimes, some of the stuff so that funny. comes out of his mouth. And uh, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. Now, what would you say was the biggest thing that had to change for you to make a successful transition from employee to entrepreneur? That's such a great question. Um I mean, I, my belief in myself, uh, because I, I got to be honest, when my first event, uh, the one I was talking about with Les Brown, I was walking around and I saw pictures of these people and their incomes, and I still didn't have 110% of a belief but um, in, in the business, but I also didn't have the belief in myself. I was just like, what is this my sister has me doing right now? Like, what am I doing so the belief in myself had to be had to change. I had to not care so much um, about what other people thought I was doing because when you're when you grow up around people and you do the same thing for so long and you go to college and you're supposed to get this job and you're supposed to do this and and what I was doing was so different from the norm of the people I was surrounded by. So it was a lot of outside noise and I just had to have that that belief in what I was doing and just keep on moving forward. I love that. Give me an example of some of the outside noise. Oh, I just remember, <laughs> I was actually just talking about this the other day. I had a couple of close friends and um, my, my fitness career, my dance fitness career and my um, network marketing career were really growing simultaneously. And people started saying, well, you've changed. And I'm, and I'm thinking, well, of course I'm changing. <laughs> but for me, I was changing for the better, but just they didn't like like what I was becoming and I just think they saw me so differently and um, I remember having my products out on the display because we would have vendor tables and them kind of making fun and knocking them over and I was thinking like you know am I changing like what am I doing so I was I started to become a little bit insecure but I kept going to these events and the the events and going so consistently and then coaching really just um, it made me see things so differently and it wasn't about me it was about them, them. Not. I, I just really believe that. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Um, totally agree with you on that. And it's interesting. Wow, people who are friends of yours were knocking over your product displays. Think about that. I mean, wow. That yeah, is, I, I remember yeah. the, day, the day specifically. It was one of my first events. And 
I, it was just one of those days where I was driving home so upset. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that was like five years ago now. You know, what's interesting is that some people would be shattered by that. And they would, it would, it would lead them to quit on their dream. I'm so glad that that wasn't your case. It's made you stronger and it's made you more successful. Did you have an idea of how much money you have spent on personal development since you began to engage in it seriously? Oh my gosh. Um, a, a really large amount. I mean, I would say like a full-time salary um, because it's been, I've been doing personal development now for like five years. So, um, but I think it's necessary and you know, there's, you can do personal development and make it affordable for you. There's, there's something for everyone. And, um, I mean, you can do personal development for free. I mean, there's so many downloads on YouTube and and books, but it's like putting into action too. And there's so, there's always, you know, networking groups and events. I mean, just there's so many options, the one, but the ones for me uh, required a lot of travel as well, and I put a lot of hours in the past five years. Well, the reason I asked that question, it's true that you can get a lot of stuff for free, but it's important for people to begin to get a picture of what successful people are willing to invest, not spend, but invest, invest. in their own growth. So when you said the equivalent of a full-time salary, could you put a dollar sign on that? Yeah, I would say, I'm going to say at least 50000 Okay, that is great. And I know a lot of people who maybe have not gone to a seminar, have not invested in a course, hear that, and they go, are you crazy? I mean, I, I know when I first told somebody that my first big investment in um, training with peak potentials cost $28,000, I saw their jaws drop, and I still get people going, you, what, you, you spent $28,000 on, on some courses? I said, yeah, but what you don't realize is how much, how many times over I made that money back yeah. because, because of what I learned. So it was never a cost. It was, it was an investment every single time. Wow. I mean, people would think nothing about going into hock, you know, monthly payments for a $70,000 car. Mm. And that is, that's not an investment. It's fun. It looks good. It may feel great, but it's not an investment. It's a liability. Now, what do you love most about being an entrepreneur and what do you like least about it? Uh, I, I don't want to say I like I, anything least. So I love, um, I love the growth. Like I'm growing every day. Again, I wake up inspired, go to bed inspired. And if, I mean, every day is not perfect. I mean, like I always say life happens, but I am so different. I see things different. I'm, I was such a different person. And even like from today, from six months ago, I'm different. Like I'm changing so much for the better. And I don't know that I would have known this all about all of this if I had gotten that teaching job that I so desperately wanted I just the growth, I, the growth in me and being able to share that with others is huge. Um, and I honestly, I can't think of anything I like least <laughs> because I just, even on my bad days, which we all have them, I'm still learning and growing and I'm still able to reach out and help other people and just live this life that I love. Yeah. You know, I, again, I'm so happy that you shared that and you made me think of something when you talked about 
You don't know if you would have had that same growth if you'd become a teacher. And I can almost guarantee you, you wouldn't have. You may have had the satisfaction of teaching, of teaching people and watching them grow. But in an institution, the politics stop people from growing a lot. And I remember when I left a teaching position in the South Bronx many, many years ago that I hated because one of the things was that every, the, the only, the main topic of conversation among the other teachers in the green room was the next vacation because they all felt stressed. They all felt under tremendous pressure and a lot of them basically hated what they were doing. And so, yeah, you absolutely uh, as an entrepreneur, you're not confronted with that. Mm. Now, do you do you have an audacious dream for your future? You know, it's funny that you say I've I've always had like goals and pictures of what I wanted for my new dance business and what I wanted for my network marketing business. And at this point in my life, I am working on being so present. I, I have a great life and I work really hard and I just want to enjoy each day where I am right now. And I'm, I'm a person that's become very present just being in the car and putting my phone down and being, even if I'm in traffic, kind of just being present and looking at nature and just things like that. So, but like in terms of my business, it would just be to reach out to more people. Um, I've become better at reaching out to people even when I'm nervous just to share with them what I'm doing because I think a lot of people want something like this, but they just don't know. And if I'm nervous to reach out to them, then I'm making, again, I'm making it about me. So really just to reach out to more people and share an opportunity like this um, would be a, a big dream of mine. That's beautiful. And I know you'll achieve it because, well, you're focused on giving service to people. And that is, um, that's a very noble thing. That's fantastic. Thank you. Now, where do you see yourself in five years specifically? Do you do you do you have that kind of thing you've written down maybe? Yeah, I, again, it's it's funny that you asked that because um, the past few months um, a lot has changed. What I thought I wanted and um, what's kind of happening are, are becoming two different things, and it's not good or not bad. It's just different. And years ago, I probably would have been so upset because I had a vision at the beginning of this year of where I'd be right now, and a lot is different. And, um, at first I started to get upset of where I was in, um, in my, uh, one of my businesses, but again, it's just growth. And, um, a lot of people look at when they don't hit a goal as failure and I don't anymore. I just really look at it as growth. And like I said, as long as you're being consistent every day and moving forward, um, there really is no failure. Um, but I would love to, you know, I would love to have, um, give back more, pay it forward, do more fundraisers. I'm, I'm really big with, um, into fundraising for make a wish. So to have maybe like a nonprofit, but, um, just again, um, service is such on my mind lately and being present. So however I can put that into the world more, that would be something I would want to do. That's wonderful. That really is. You know what you said before about people considering when they don't hit a goal, uh, a failure, um, Eric Worre, whom we both know, so great. Yeah, he had a wonderful... Do you hear that sound in the background? Is, is that your cat? That's my cat. And she, <laughs> she, she, she's singing. She's singing. She's 
she, she said, I, 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 hear, I hear Tara and I would like to dance. But uh, so anyway, I'll just let her sing in the background and it'll be interesting. But yes. Eric Worre said that he sees the world with three kinds of people, pessimists, realists, and visionaries. Now, the pessimist sets his expectations or her expectations low because mm-hmm. they don't expect anything good to happen. The realist sets what they see as a fairly high expectation, but then because they're kind of limited without realizing it by this word realistic, they're really not setting it high enough. Whereas the visionary will set the goal at an an almost impossible place to reach. And the reason for that is that they know that no matter what, where you set your goal, you'll always come in maybe a little bit lower than that. So if you set it at an impossible level, you're still going to come in at a level higher than the realist. And that is a good thing. Also, you have to be unafraid to have people laugh at you. You know? So true. So what is the why, the burning why that drives you most and brings you joy? Other people. Showing them that there's something different out there. I feel like if my sister was afraid to tell me or afraid to take this chance and didn't push me like she did, if it was not for my sister, we would not be on this phone. She pushed me. And you know what? There's some people on my team. I ha- I want to pour I pour greatness into them to show them that they can do this because you know sometimes it take the belief for people um, takes some time and you have to meet people where they are. So yeah, that's fabulous. Thank you. Of course. Now, what advice would you have for anyone who dreams a lot every day about doing something but they're afraid to pursue their dream? Oh my gosh, I actually get chills when I think of that because I just want to. I want to tell people that they can literally do anything. And I I believe this so much more now than I ever did. And we, for some reason, have this story in our head before we even try anything as to why we can't do it, why it won't work, why it works for that person and not for us. And it's just a story. So really changing our stories. But it's going to take work. It takes habits. It takes consistency. But aligning yourself with people and surrounding yourself with people that are striving to do things that you want to do is so helpful. I'm so glad that you said that. You said it with such passion. And uh, folks, I did not prompt uh, Tara (laughs) to say that it's just a story. She understands it because she's living it. It is just a story. And uh, also to my listeners, I want you to know that um, the third party in this interview right now is my cat Pushkin. So... (laughs) She she's she's commenting in the background. She's very excited. And she she's actually I'm gonna translate her meow is saying, Can I join a network marketing company? And I said, Well, I'm saying Pushkin, you're gonna we we'll have to discuss this later. Okay. <laughs> so So funny. What what are a couple of your favorite books besides the one that you mentioned? Oh already? my gosh. Um, I love The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari, Think and Grow Rich, uh, Eric Worre GoPro, hands down, number one if you're going to do network marketing, anything John Gordon and John Maxwell, um, and also some of my other favorite um, authors are Marianne Williamson, Louise Hay, and Brene Brown. Fantastic. And uh, the first one was Robin Sharma's book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. 
so good. I, I was just re-listening into it on audio book and it's only le- it's less than three hours. It's such a great listen. There again, folks, you can get that for free if you want at audible.com, no, audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Do you have any favorite quotes, Tara? Yeah, I do. I mean, there's so many. There's uh, one by Marianne Williamson um, about your power and your light. It's a super long one, but if you just Google her, um, it'll come up. But um, the only way to fail is to quit, and that's something that, my, that Jimmy Smith had said to my sister when she very first started. I'll never forget that one. Um, I failed my way to success by Thomas Edison because I don't think it's ever failure. I always think it's uh, growth. And then um, you cannot buy or win happiness. You must choose it because I think no matter where we are in life, it's, life's going to happen and it's the perception of what's happening to us. Wow. Who said that, do you know? Uh, John C. Maxwell. You can't buy or win happiness. You have to choose it. Yeah. I love that. That's beautiful. Me too. Thank, thank Me too. you. So... How can people contact you if they want to take advantage of your um, Zumba lessons, your dance (laughs) training, or maybe they want to talk to you about becoming part of your team? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Facebook is uh, where I'm I'm on, um, Tara Romano on Facebook. I'm on YouTube if you want to dance with me as Tara Romano. Um, I'm really across the board, Instagram, uh, Snapchat, uh, LinkedIn, all Tara Romano. And, and then, what about, do you have a, a particular website that you like to send people so, to? Yeah, yeah. So my, and I, I use my uh, my dance fitness brand, which is, it's called Tone and Tease. So if you're a dance lover or an instructor looking for a different format to train in, you can go to that website and I have master classes and trainings. Can, can you uh, say that slowly? Can you spell Yeah, it? of course. It's called Tone and Tease. So Tone, T-O-N-E. The word end, A-N-D, and then tease, T-E-A-S-E dot com. Oh, I like that. Tone and tease. <laughs> it's fun. All right. I love that dot com. Okay. That's, that is good. That is wonderful. Now, any last words that you would like to leave people with to uh, challenge them, perhaps to inspire them to expand their lives and their world? Yes. So I'm... Um, I'm a big person where, who thinks and, and knows that um, when it comes to goals, it's almost like New Year's Day. People get so excited. The gyms are packed. Like the first few weeks or month, everyone's gung-ho. And then all of a sudden, life gets in the way and people slip back to the old habit. I truly think, like, well, I know that people can do whatever they want, be, do, or have anything. But I also know that it takes habit, it takes consistency, and it takes action. So whatever it is that's pulling at your heart, at your soul, that's just like like coming out of your pores, do it and be consistent, even when it's just not comfortable or convenient. And again, surround yourself with people that have done it, are doing it, and can support you. Thank you so much. This has been, it's not only been um, wonderful, I'm sure, for the listeners, it's been very inspiring for me. I feel like I just came out of a great event. Oh, thank you. You're the best. I had so much fun, too. And um, I started listening to the interview with my sister, and she had so many great things to say about you, Lewis. Well, it's a mutual admiration society. Yeah, and, and I now, think so too. And now I can expand that. Oh, by the way, uh, Tara's name, if you're looking her up on YouTube, it's T-A-R-A and Romano. R-O- like the cheese. Huh? Romano like the cheese. Romano cheese, yeah, R O M A N O, 
It's easy. It's, you spell it the way it sounds. Thank you again. This was truly a pleasure and an honor today. So much fun. Thank you for inviting me and spending all the time. I appreciate it. Thank you once again, all you storytellers who tuned in live today. Send us your comments about what you are receiving from this show, what you think and feel about the content of today's podcast and others that you've listened to. Send them to Lewis, L-O-U-I-S, at changeyourstorypodcast.com. I will enjoy reading all of them, and I will choose some to share with everyone live on the show. Remember to visit the site, changeyourstorypodcast.com, and download your free gift, the ebook Storytelling Secrets for a Rich Life and Business. And... Take advantage of the offer from our sponsor, Audible. Download your free audiobook that you can choose from 180,000 titles. Simply go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash story power. Today, Tara shared a lot of inspiring thoughts with you, insights that she has gotten from her journey, from her experience. She referred to some of her favorite books and quotes, and she mentioned a woman named Marianne Williamson. I want you to think about this powerful quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness that most frightens us. During the next week, think about Marianne Williamson's words and then step into the face of that fear. Accept and embrace your greatness. Live into it and begin to pursue the dreams that you have inside you. Make them real. Begin by asking, how can I change my story and change my life. Tune in to the next episode of Louis DiBianco's podcast. Become unstoppable as you learn to change your story, change your life.